0: Look, guys, I know the pandemic was hard on a lot of us. I get it. I really do. But now it's time to get back to normal. And what a better way to get back to normal than to go back to sporting events, to return to concerts. I mean, I already can't wait to start adding to my bucket list with each of those types of avenues. And what a better way to do it than to go through megaseats.com. This episode is brought to you by megaseats.com. And honestly, since the pandemic is over, these are the biggest things that i'm looking forward to and the best thing about mega seats actually is that the price that you see when you purchase a ticket for any of those events that's the price you pay how many times have we went to other third-party sellers and found out oh wow that's a great price but then you click on it and then a service fee pops up and then something for like the candy wrapper of something you might buy or maybe the wrapper for a straw is what they're going to charge you extra for because you got to tip the popcorn guy no, no, no 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 that doesn't exist with mega seats you see at megaseats.com the price you see is the price you pay unless you use code SSAW network that's right you go to megaseats.com you see a concert that's coming up you click purchase that's the purchase price that you get and then you put in the code SSAW network and they take 10% off of that go to megaseats.com get back to life use the code SSAW network and save 10% in the process Let's go. going on ladies and gentlemen welcome back into the cover zero podcast coming at you with our week 11 preview tonight it is myself jordan i'm joined by josiah as we record it is tuesday november 16th how you doing tonight bro
1: I'm doing solid bro
0: yes i'm gonna glad to get back on the microphone and get into what was a hopefully a week we can put behind ourselves definitely Mm -hmm. move forward on into a greener pastures as they say but before we do that we got a couple of game previews ahead. We're going to preview the Thursday night game, as always, along with our mid-afternoon game of the week and the Sunday night game. But first on the docket, we're going to finish up the other half of a segment that we did on our Week 10 preview, in which we preview the top two NFC teams in the conference, but also we're talking mainly about their weaknesses. And today we're going to do the top two AFC teams and discuss their weaknesses. Who's the first team? Maybe not necessarily the first best, but if that's where you have them, rightfully let the people know. But well, who's the first AFC team you want to mention and what is their biggest weakness?
1: I'm gonna go with the Titans. I just feel like, you know, I was I, I've been really impressed on what they've been able to do without Derrick Henry over the last couple of weeks. For sure. You know, uh I, I was really kind of down. And a lot of I'm sure a lot of fans were when Derrick Henry went out, but Tannehill has been playing some really, really good ball lately. You know, he had a solid game versus Saints. And I felt like that game kind of was up. I mean, I I felt like the Titans would win that game, but it was still, you was still unsure because just off the strength of them, again, going into a game without Derrick Henry, if Ryan Tannehill could really, you know, take over a game or be consistent because you just know the run game is not going to be the same. I don't care who they got back there. There's no running back, not on their roster, just in the league in general, that can carry the load like a Derrick Henry. So... I wanted to see what what Ryan Tannehill could do, and he played well in his last game versus Saints. Man, you know he was nineteen mm-hmm. out of twenty seven with seventy completing seventy percent of his passes, really good number. You know, two hundred uh, and thirteen yards, a touchdown, no interceptions, and you know
0: he ran uh, a touchdown in too. Yeah,
1: yeah, ran one in as well. You know, so
0: he's doing everything
1: he can to really put this team on his back, and you got to respect that. You know, sometimes. When you lose your best player, your second best player sometimes can't put on that type of load, you know what I mean? And and I know the position, you know, sometimes the position matters, you know, but even if it's a QB, like, even if it was a situation like this, sometimes, like, for example, if another running back would have went out for another team, and well, like, like we see for uh, the Browns now, not that Nick Chubb, well, Nick Chubb's actually been out, you know, Kareem Hunt's been out, you know, Nick Chubb's been back and all of that, but you see even for a perfect example with them, when they're not able to run the ball that well, they're third or second best player, you know, in Baker Mayfield. At least on offense, I should say, you know.
0: Yeah. Like well, I mean and the quarterback high. always is different. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, that's why I say position is a little bit different. So it's kinda hard to but he should be that guy, you know, and he's not that guy when that running game is, is not going. And when that running game is not going well, he's he's just not he's not that player. That running game has to be going well for him to succeed. And with Ryan Tannehill, we was unsure. We was at least I was. And yeah, was all of us were he,
0: I mean, we yeah. haven't seen him since basically ever since he's been a Tennessee Titans quarterback. Yeah. He's always had that beast behind him.
1: He's always had the beast. You know, and in Miami, you know, it was like, oh yeah, he's okay. And then he went through the injuries. So he just you just didn't know. You know, and then they signed him to a big deal and it's like, well derrick Henry's deal should have been bigger than his and you know, but here we are without two games without Derrick Henry. And he's played really, really well. So, and then the Titans' defense has actually played pretty solid as well, too.
0: I that's that's the biggest surprise to me. Yeah, the defense. Again,
1: we talked about this a couple weeks ago. That the defense has really been disappointing. They have talent. They have talent back there, but they have not been able to really, you know, really scheme well against these these offenses that they've been going against. You know, it's been measly QBs or average QBs or okay QBs or whatever you want to call it that's been able to shred up this defense as secondary and that hasn't been the case it just seemed like everybody's really rallying around each other and really playing well because they feel like the media other teams the fans everybody feel like it's over for the Tennessee Titans and they're right. like they're like no it's not even close we're we're gonna win this thing you know so that's how they're taking it right now, and I, I got I to give them the credit, man. And without their best player in the position that they're in right now, I got to say the Titans for my first team.
0: Okay. I don't have the Titans out of my top two. It was pretty tough for me to, to put them there, a lot of the, the reasoning that you gave as well. I don't know how much of what they're doing currently is sustainable, but you are 100% right in the fact that since Henry's been out, the defense has picked it up. According to PFF, they put together their best two game stretch coverage wise from a grading standpoint, as well as a very solid uh, coverage or pass rush grade last week going against the Saints, who have a good offensive line. So those two things definitely go in there. But no, I mean, definitely good points. And to to also be fair as well, I mean, Titans got the biggest winning streak in the league. Titans sitting at first place in the AFC. Right. So I mean, yeah. But no, for me, I I had a I had a different two. And one of those teams that I'll get to is the Bills. This, this wasn't easy. I got, I got to first, like, you know, lead off with that. This was not easy for me to do. Just because I feel like in the 2021, with how wacky this season has been and how up and down some teams have been and what we've seen them look like on one Sunday compared to the next, it's almost like Jekyll and Hyde with a lot of squads. Yeah. Just almost that way. I don't feel like there's any great teams. Yeah. I feel like there's a ton of good ones, though. You this know what I mean?
1: That's a fact, man. That's yeah. a fact.
0: And who's, who's ever going to come out of that whole mix of the good ones? Yeah. There's a lot of names you could put in there. So one of the ones I said was the Bills. And to get to their weakness, though, for me, I think there's kind of twofold, kind of like you were saying, as far as the, the Bills go. I got It's kind of twofold. The first one that sticks out to me is on offense. When it comes to having a run game, there's just a little bit too much reliance on Josh Allen being a component of that, for me to not highlight it as a downfall or a potential downfall as the season goes on. A lot of what their their running game has been when games are close, because that's the biggest thing. If you just look up the raw numbers, they're putting up 120 on the ground per game somewhere in that neighborhood. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. But you also got to remember that the Bills have been ahead and blowing teams out in like three, four, several games this year, right? Miami, against against the Jets, and against Washington. So when you have these 20-plus point leads in the second half, you're not just going to drop back and throw the ball. Sean McDermott, their head coach, isn't stupid, right? You're going to run the ball more than you normally would just to kill the clock. You got the lead, preserve it, that sort of thing, right? In close games and just in general, the Bills don't like to run the ball. And when they do like to run the ball, Josh Allen is a huge component to that. And if that's what they're relying on, he's not that he's a bad runner by any means, but it's just if the, if your quarterback has to be the primary source of getting the ball down the field, the primary source of your offense with his arm, what does it mean if he's also the primary source of the offense with his legs when he is not the runner? Let's say someone like Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray or these other guys are, you know what I mean? So that's offensively the weakness I have for them as well. And I guess the other one also relates to their offense, too. That offensive line isn't bad. Don't get me wrong. All those guys that they have over there, they got John Feliciano who is one of their interior linemen. He used to be with the Raiders when we were there, when he was here with us. He was one of our, like, our swing guys that could like plug and play at tackle or guard. Pretty effective, at not at tackle or guard, but at center or guard. And then they also like Darrell Williams, Mitch Morse, et cetera, those guys. They're okay. That's like right where they are. And when they lost to the Jaguars, Right that Jaguar's front was just in their face and getting nasty with them, and that caused the bill's offense to derail. That was a big problem, so I don't know if necessarily if they maybe go against a team that has a better defensive front, maybe a team that blitzes a ton, something like that when you get into the playoffs because I definitely think the bills are going to be there, and I think most people would agree once you know those colder months roll around when the postseason hit occurs, if you run into a team that's really going to be able to attack that offensive line and make it harder for them to do what they do yeah that could end up being a weakness too so the, for the bills i don't necessarily think they're the best afc team right now that's a whole other thing for me to think about but they're one of the top two for me right now if i had to pick and those are the two weaknesses i got for you after the titans who's one of your teams in the afc that's one of your tops
1: you're right it's tough it is tough this team right here i'm gonna go with the ravens
0: Oh, that's, that's mine too. That's yeah. my, that's my other one too. I'm going to go with the Ravens. Okay. What's, what's your weakness? I wonder if we got the same one.
1: So to me, it's really just being consistent. This team is a whole, they don't, I don't really, I can't, I mean I can pinpoint the issues that they have, but then at times it feels like that issue that they had the week previously is not the same issue that they had the next week. Like it, it's different. It's almost like they fixed it, but that's that's not the case. You know, they they have a, a problem with really starting the games. They don't really – they don't play a, a strong four quarters of football. I feel like they're really, really inconsistent, and that's what really, really bothers me just as a team and, as a
0: whole. I mean, I mean just it, look at last Thursday. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of games where that happens. You're exactly right.
1: Yeah, you know I mean? Because you look at it, you think like, okay, now you just brought it up. You said, you know. A lot of these teams, there's no really – there's no great team, you know, right now in the AFC. It's either there's no great team or a lot of AFC teams are really good, you know, because uh, we're all beating up on each other. That's that's how it's looking right now. You know, the mm-hmm. team that they lost mm-hmm. was the team that we thought was going to be a playoff contender
0: this year. I mean, they look completely discombobulated.
1: Yeah, they look terrible. The you Dolphins, that they? is. Yeah, the Dolphins, Yeah. The Dolphins look really, really bad, you know, and we got our reasons for that. We're not about to really get into that, but they lost against that team. And one of the one of their strengths, the Miami Dolphins, that is, real quick before I finish off with the Ravens, is their their ability to blitz with their creative blitzes. is their blitzes. Yes. And yeah. they really was getting after Lamar Jackson. And it was nothing. I mean, he couldn't pick up no blitz. The line couldn't block. And see, that's the thing. See, it, it now the line has been okay, but there's times they've looked good. They've looked real good at, at points, and then there's times where they just like they look confused on like what's what's going on. Now part of that could be because of how good you know we've always given credit uh, giving credit to Brian Flores and how creative he's been with his blitzes, you know, and and so we'll give credit to that. But it just as a powerhouse like the Ravens, you just expect and a really good QB and Lamar. You just expect them to be able to pick up some of those. But it just seemed like that, that offense looked really, really confused. You know, and yeah. part of it, too, is play calling as well. You know, uh, uh, Greg Roman has to do a better job.
0: I he stayed in so many empty. Look, like, it just yeah. – they was putting the, the back of be on the left. They dropped the safety down to the right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> over and over again, my guy Javon Holland, shout out Oregon Ducks. But wrecking, like you, just like they you knew, said, bro.
1: They, they read it. They knew what was going on, you know, and, and that's that's just something, you know, Greg has to that's one thing you don't want. You know, we've talked about this, you know, with every team. We've talked about it with our team, you know, you don't want to be predictable. That's one of the worst things you really can you really can do. You especially if you have a high powered offense like that. When you have a QB that can do it all where he can where where he can throw the ball or he's getting better at throwing the ball and he can run the ball, he can play, he can do the um he could do play actions he could do a whole bunch of different things and when you're when you're not utilizing them correctly and you become predictable that's that's on offensive coordinator that's not on the players so you know you you know it's, it's just a lot of different issues at times that the ravens you know it seems to just show up every now and then versus these teams and you're like you're looking you're scratching your head like Okay, are you guys the powerhouse, or are you not the powerhouse? You know, so what you know? But I just, I just think that's kind of how it is with with the AFC in general. So uh, you know, it's been a, a weird few weeks, you know, lately in in the NFL, especially in the AFC. So you know, we'll we'll see how it turned out. But to me, it's just them being consistent. That's mm-hmm. their weakness as a whole. They got to get better at blocking. You know, the play calling has to get better they can't be predictable you know lamar you talked about this was a good point you talked about josh allen and the buffalo bills you know and how much they put on josh allen as far as like how, him running the ball and things like that lamar it's it's the same thing i think part of they that, put everything
0: think, on that offense on lamar
1: on everything it's all lamar yep now part of that is lamar
0: <laughs> part of exactly it, that fool is that fool's so different Reed. yeah let's do that <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, now this is where it turns more on Lamar than I think it does. A matter of fact, I'm going to add another coach into this. It adds more on – it's more on Lamar than it is Greg Roman and John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh was – he's actually came out and said that there's times where he felt like – not quote-unquote, but felt like he should have given more trust into Lamar and he should have let him. And I, I, I don't – you know, I mean, maybe there's a couple plays and a couple games where they've lost throughout the years and Lamar has been there. But I mean, for the most part, it feel like he's given that trust to Lamar. And Lamar, yeah. oh, to, you,
0: we've seen it now. We, that's we've what I'm seen saying it now twice. You that's know, the, you know the plays.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you, we've seen it. So I, I don't, you know, but so I. That's why I have had to throw him in there as well. Not just Greg Roman, John Harbaugh's got to be thrown there as well. But I think most of it is to Lamar Jackson. I think he. He wants to be that guy. I respect it. You know, that that's you know, I'm I'm a fan of that. You know, you mm-hmm. want the team on your back, you wanna and you should. You're the QB and all of that, but there's times where, you know, you gotta understand you're going against these top notch defenses, coordinators, players, you're going to have to switch it up. You're gonna to have to do more than that. And you're going to have to get your whole team involved on that offense. And when you're, you know, when you're you're playing hero ball it yeah. just it doesn't work that often especially against really good defensive coordinators it just it just doesn't you know or head coaches that's defense minded guys it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't work mm-hmm. and so you know i to me they got to be more consistent and they they have to really find a good balance on that offense
0: yeah no i was that was one half of mine that was the second part of of the ravens weakness for me while this team is definitely going to be a difference maker when uh, January rolls around the other part of it is is their defensive coverage based on the dudes that have been hurt like they're basically just guys on the back end right now you got pretty much like Marlon Humphrey is he's it, it's it's hard to play db for the ravens because of what that defense is gonna ask for you what Wink Martindale asks his guys to do. He's a blitz heavy guy. It's press man. You lock this dude up for three seconds, basically take away one route. And if you can do that, cool. But if you can't, there's an ocean of space for that dude your garden to work with a lot of times. And he's changed it a little bit since not having, since not having Marcus Peters, since not having Jimmy Smith, which has net which has forced certain guys into the lineup like Anthony Averett. Now, it's harder to to, to, be, to be the type of scheme that you are underneath Wink Martindale when you're a backup because the other teams may necessarily, okay, you're in a zone, you, you've got your area, maybe you have certain rules, whatever, whatever. But they draft these guys to be that. Like they, the Ravens are amazing at developing talent, scouting those things and acquiring guys that can fit into their group. But Anthony Averitt, no matter how you split it right now, like again, PFF, the dude is the 92nd rated corner in the NFL, according to PFF. Now, maybe would I have him 92nd? I mean, I don't know. I don't chot out my dudes once through 92, right, right. but right. I know he's not good. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he's been picked on a lot, and he's going to continue to be throughout the course of the season. Brandon Stevens, who's had to play a lot of safety this year, he hasn't necessarily had that great of a year. And Chuck Clark, who's been a player that I like, that I like. You know, Chuck Clark's a good dude. He's had a very up and down year, kind of like you were saying about the offense. Yeah, Some days it's looking good and they might kind of fix it, but then the next day it's like, what the hell happened?
1: Right, right, right.
0: And that's really what I'm seeing with Chuck Clark. Like Chuck Clark is embodying the Ravens MO throughout 2021 as a whole. Still a good player as the Ravens are still a good team, but on certain weeks when they take the field, things happen that just really make you scratch your head, you know? And – when those type of games arise, especially in the postseason, that one loss when it's like ah, oh, you know, like burn the tape, throw it away, whatever. You don't have that come playoff time. When that happens, you go home, bye bye, sit on the couch. That's it. You know. So I mean, yeah, they're still granted. I still got them right here as my number two team. Number one, two, whatever. I mean, I don't, I didn't, I didn't do this like in terms of pecking order, but they are one of the two. So. If I was to pick out that weakness, that's really what I see with them, and the reason why I guess I would say just we're gonna we're gonna cap it off as to why they're still I think the one of the other best teams in the league is because they do have a defense that can get after the quarterback. They do have a head coach that is very experienced in many different situations. I would say one of the easily easily one of the top ten coaches in the NFL right now, and they do have a guy in Lamar Jackson. That is enough of a difference maker in numerous ways to be able to overcome those differences and those weaknesses to be able to make them possibly be one of the best two remaining AFC teams when we get to the conference championship game. So, yeah. It's going to be interesting as this all plays out because it's like the AFC, I mean, to me, I mean, both conferences, honestly, bro, it's like they're kind of more wide open than they've been in recent memory, at least to me. Would you agree?
1: I would say the AFC for sure. The NFC, I really like what the Cards is doing. I know, you know, I, I, I know they have their injuries. They have their issues as well. But the Cardinals is that one team where I feel like they are probably the closest
0: to being complete. So, you think the Cardinals are, would you say the Cardinals are the best team in the NFL right I now? I want to say
1: the Rams is right there. They just had two terrible God. losses. <laughs> what but I, I'm, the you know, hell, I'm, a fan. Rams. I'm a fan. Look, man, let me tell you something. I'm a fan of Sean McVay. I think a lot of us
0: uh, me too, 100
1: fan. I, I don't know how you not like Sean McVay. He's, exactly. He's a great head coach. You know, he you just, te- you can just tell, you know, how he gets that team rallied up to play you know it seemed like he's always making the right move and one thing i like about him and not just to go too deep into
0: that team and everything. no go ahead he's
1: that him and the gym i'm blanking on his the gm's name less
0: whatever. need
1: less need they are just aggressive and i just like how they've been to the super bowl already they had a disappointing performance but that hasn't stopped them from trying to get back, they've done everything they can. They've given up draft picks for proven players, and it has worked out. It has worked out. There's been players where they've had to cut and get rid of. Uh,
0: Do you see the the the? you see the coffee mug his kids got him? What well, what was? Les it? sneed had this co- His kids like went together online and bought him this coffee mug, mm-hmm. and I don't know if he was in a if it was a press conference after the Odell signing or what it was specifically, I just remember the picture. It's a coffee mug that says, fuck them picks. <sighs>
1: See, I love it though. You know what I'm saying? I love it too. I love that. It's hilarious. Like you got your kids, you got the whole family
0: buying into it. You know, it. They
1: probably don't even watch football. They they just stay into it because they dad into it. You know what I'm saying? And his his fine it. ass
0: wife's probably into it too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> they don't
1: without him. They ain't really watching football like that. But they 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 into it because of what he's doing. They buying them coffee mugs. They probably buying the shirts, all type of stuff. But that's real. That's what it is. Like. Those picks don't even matter. You know what I'm Man. saying? Like, and then they've been able to draft solid in the mid. The, the picks they did, exactly. they've been able to draft well. That that mm-hmm. organization is well well ran. So Very well ran. From the very top all the way to the bottom. They're, 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 and I know, and that's why I, I probably, I had to think about what a team. I don't know how I forgot. Maybe I forgot because of those two shitty losses they had. But the Rams. The Rams, and I'll say the Cardinals.
0: Rams and Cards. I, I had, I think we were, we were equal on both of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rams and Cards. I went back and forth. I, it's funny because I remember I said on the show, I went back and forth between the Cards and the Bucks. And this was before the Bucks yeah, lost yeah, to the yeah, freaking yeah. Washington football team. Right, right, right.
1: The yeah. Bucks, yeah. The, the Bucks are there too. The Bucks are there too. It's just, it's not so much of what the Bucks, how to say this? It's more so what the Rams and the Cardinals have been able to do, adding players playing in general than what the Bucks haven't or have been able to do that, That's kind of how I look at it. I just I've been more impressed with the Rams as far as the talent they've been able to add and how well they've been playing without the talent without those players. You right. know they just added OBJ, you know we'll see how how it goes through the rest of the season, you know, and then, uh, Von Miller, obviously, they just added him, so we'll see how that goes. And that was when they only had one loss, you know. So I mean, now they added two. So you just expected them to continue to ride high. You look at the Cardinals. I mean, they're just, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just more impressed with that team. I, when we when we talked about the NFC West, we had them as third team. We had
0: I had him I had fourth. the Niners. I had them fourth. I'm not gonna lie. I had them fourth. Me yeah, and CJ I mean, did that break. Yeah, I had them
1: for two because I, I had the Niners number one. I think I had the Niners. So I, you number one. and me,
0: I had Niners one, Rams two, Seahawks three, Cardinals Part
1: three. Four. Yeah. Yeah. Now, with that being said, though, it's not that, oh, well, you know, they're going to be fourth, so they're only going to win about four games. No, it, I mean, this. We, the, again for the listeners out there we had the nfc west being the best division in football
0: yep and we said that that'd be a cool pod to go back and listen to at least from my point like what did i like you know because i know exactly what you're saying 100 yeah true. yeah
1: yeah i mean because some people you look at fourth you know the last place you think of oh what they only gonna win four or five games no i mean they could win more than that all all i mean is oh no i had them on a winning record <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying that's what yeah. I'm saying. 10 and yeah. 6, somewhere around there. You know, Or what is it? No, 10 and 7?
0: 10 and 7 would yeah. be winning record, 17, yeah. I think I, had them okay. at, I think I had them at like 9 and 8 or something like that. Okay, yeah. Somewhere around I there.
1: I mean, and here they are, you know, with only a couple of losses, you know. So I, I, I've been really impressed with that team. And I think really def- de- defensively, you know, offense. Last year they were they were getting it going on offense. They had a couple struggles, you know, but for the most part they was able to get it together. That defense though was not as it wasn't that good. Now this defense has really showed up on on the Cardinals. That is, and I mean this team, like I said, they're almost the reason why I would probably put the the Rams right there is because I'm expecting them to really heat up to
0: the point. Where, Same with me. Like,
1: almost, you know what I mean? Almost Same with me. unstoppable. Same with me. Because at the talent they just added, I mean, they was already really good. Now you add players that you just know is the only play. I, if I had to choose out of Von Miller and OBJ who will perform better in their natural position, it would be Von Miller.
0: Just Me too. Me too. Yeah, it's,
1: you know, not to slight him or nothing, but you're rushing the passer. You're not – OBJ has not – I mean, he has a position where it can be frustrating where if he's not getting the ball – that much we just seen what happened to Deshaun Jackson. Obviously now he's with us, with our Raiders. You know he wasn't the happiest man over there. You know, um, you know what you know where that offense is, who, who it's run through. Cooper Cup. So you, yeah, Cooper you Cup. Time yeah. It is.
0: But as far so, as like just getting you a X receiver, especially the timing they did when Robert Woods goes down with an ACL tear. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. just got this dude sitting on deck. Van Jefferson is is a solid number three. Tyler Higby, despite whatever he did on Monday night, dropping right, the right. ball and, oh, my goodness, right? He's a good tight end. Like, yeah, no, we still expect that team to do damage. Definitely so.
1: Right, right. I was just making a point as far as which acquisition was a better acquisition. I just – because OBJ, we, he's had – you know, you know, I mean, he can complain if he's not getting the ball. He didn't really do it too much in Cleveland. I gave him credit for that. But he's done it before. And if you're in offense where, you know, Sean McVay is calling the plays, you would expect you to, you know, I mean, as a player of that caliber, you expect to really show off and do your thing. That may not be the case. So he may not be as an effect, you know, as have a bigger effect than Avon Miller per se. But at the end of the day, they're both great players. They added them and that team was already really great. So that's why I would edge them. But I'm with the, you. But Cardinals is, If anybody said, "Well, no, the Cardinals is number one," I wouldn't debate
0: it. No, I I couldn't either. I wouldn't debate it. Like Jordan Alexander, I know that's that's his team, and he's going to debate it. So I mean, you know, I might disagree, but he ain't he ain't crazy.
1: Yeah, Yeah. that's your team. I mean, he would be crazy not to debate them.
0: I mean, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) As good as they're playing, you know. Right, right, exactly, exactly. They they're sitting here with one loss when they were at when they you know sure all teams have them injuries, but it's different when you got a guy like Kyler who's hurt, and a guy like DeAndre, who's hurt. Yeah. And then you go into a game. You know what I mean?
1: That's and what even I mean.
0: without those two dudes, they still spank I mean, the Niners who just spanked the Rams. That's this is what's so weird about the NFL.
1: But you know what, though? See, that, that's the thing. That's why I'd be ready to pick the Cardinals. That's why I'd be ready to pick them because of what they're dealing with and how impressive they've been on, on on their weaker units. Like I said, defense wasn't that good last year. Now they're playing really good. Same defensive coordinator at a couple – more talented players, but I mean that that scheme is really working for those players. Mm-hmm. The offense has only gotten better, and now they're playing through injuries with through key positions like Kyler Murray, the, Kyler Murray. You know, the QB position. I mean, that's that's important. You know, so that and that's why I had the Titans ahead of the Ravens because you look at it like okay, the record that they have, how well they've been playing, and the units that's been weak, like the defense, you know, or or now the running back position. Per se for the Titans because Derek Henry being gone, they're still able to find ways to win. That's real that's really impressive. That's why I go back and forth with the Cardinals. Like,
0: yeah.
1: The Cardinals and the Rams. I part of me is like the Cardinals, but then I look at all the talent that the Rams have. I'm expecting them really to heat up. I will say when they played the Niners, every time they played the Niners, they lose. Every time they play the Niners, they lose. The, Sean McVay has it's not been able to beat Kyle Shanahan. You know that um that 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 um the podcast we all was talking about when they had I forgot the name of it, but it was before the season started. We all was talking about it, you know, and it was Sean McVay, oh, Mike Tomlin, line coach. Yeah, yeah, Sean, uh, yeah, Sean McVay, Mike Tomlin,
0: Sean McVay, Mike, Mike Tomlin, and uh, Peter Raheem Morris.
1: I think Raheem Morris was. Uh,
0: yeah, those were the Sean McVay. Oh, the, oh, you're talking about that one. So it was Sean McVay who was regularly on it with mike tomlin raheem morris yeah and peter schrager
1: yeah 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 yeah, and peter schrager and sean McVay talked about how him and kyle shanahan <laughs> really be going at it like they
0: mm-hmm. that they, was a uh, great 10 episodes
1: yeah bro yeah and that episode was probably my favorite out of all of them
0: and me too and that's why they saved him for last
1: yeah yeah exactly exactly they knew they knew that you know what they was putting on wax per
0: se. They did. Uh, they did. they knew I figured, like then they was like, okay, we just got these two guests. Yeah, we're gonna do them last. Yeah. <laughs> I figured exactly. that's what they did.
1: They knew, you know. So but on there he talked about Kyle Shanahan. He talked about how, you know, though though they how they're good friends and they're they're they're, you know, they talking off season, obviously, probably even during the season, you know, but when they get ready to play show, sure, they really be going at each other's head. But Kyle Shanahan Really got his number, You, know what you saying? Do. he got his number. So, you know, um, I, I'm not gonna, it's, it's no pass, but that's one of those games where I think a lot of Niner fans feel comfortable. Like, okay, well, we made CJ be was like,
0: I just hate to tell y'all, yeah, he out already to, out, he was calling to, calling to the it. guy, <laughs> he was calling Shout out it. to the SSAW. So. So. he was like, Look, I'm just letting y'all know, <laughs>
1: yeah, that's this was gonna happen, and it happened, and rightfully so. Yep. I think any every <laughs> Niner fan should feel that way, but if you've been following. If you're a true Niner fan, and you really been like following them like that, then you should know. Yeah,
0: I've been you know. really working
1: on the Rams for for a couple of years now, you know. So, uh, so I'm not like I said, I'm not gonna give no pass, but I will say Kyle Shanahan just he knows Sean McVay. He just knows how to coach against him and have his team prepared and ready to go. So, mm-hmm. you know, but I, yeah. I'm on the fence. With I don't know which one, man. I I don't know.
0: I'm That's what say, I'm saying. There's across the whole NFL. There's not one great team, but there's so many good ones. And that's why every week it's like you think you know something, but then just, you know, all it, it may be irrational. And then you figure out, you see the game and then you dig into it and you figure out what happened and why one team beat the other. And then you're like, how much do you really know what you thought you knew? Like, like shout out to uh, Peter King things i think i know or thought i knew was a column it was a part of what his uh, mmqb write up was that he he still does it but anyway yeah like that's it's that that really applies to this season in 2021 and just yeah it's making every single sunday just like the anything's possible any given sunday and yeah we've known this to be the to be a quote and to be a mantra And now it's really, it's an adage that is coming to fruition every week, it seems. And I think it's just going to make it dope as the season continues to go on. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But even on, even any given Sunday, we've also learned that there's also an any given Thursday. Last week showed us that in every Thursday game, even though that some of them may have not been the most tantalizing of matchups when you look at the squads on other sides of the ball that are going to be going against each other. They still end up being good games for the most part, for the most part. And I think we might be in store for that one this weekend for a little bit. But if I was to be honest, I mean, probably not, because (laughs) I think eventually there's one team that's going to pull away. And this Thursday, we got the Patriots. who are sitting at six and four, traveling to the dirty south, going to play the Atlanta Falcons, who are four and five. Patriots are favored by 6.5, the over-under currently sitting at 47. The Patriots right now have the second-longest lo- second win streak in the NFL right now. Or no, they're tied with the Chiefs for the second-longest win streak in the NFL behind the Tennessee Titans. Pats have now won four straight after beating Cleveland. You putting Mac Jones last week on the Week 10 recap in your ICU was a great one was an absolute great one, and what I loved about that segment also was that none of us knew who who each other's ICU was between me, you, and Henry. We all had different ones, and they were all deserving. All deserving. And to your point with that one, bro, to your point with that one, since 2012, the top three single-game rookie performances, according to PFF, the, the best one, Russell Wilson, Week 16, 2012, against the Niners. He had a ninety five grade that's insane that's 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 incredible the top the the number two and the number three are both Mac Jones from this year, and one of them was that game against the browns, yeah where he came out with a ninety one point seven grade and man he's he's really stepped it up we we kind of talked about that a little bit when we were pre- when we were recapping in the in the i c u segment how much do you how much damage do you think? Actually, no, let me ask you it this way. Let me ask you it this way. It's clear he's the best rookie quarterback in out of the guys that have been drafted, at least right now at this juncture in the season. Where does he stack up, though, right now against the other quarterbacks in the NFL at this point in the year? Wow, that's a really good question. I Inside the top ten, outside the top ten. Outside the top ten. Inside the top fifteen? No.
1: Uh, yeah, I just want to say yeah. Over the last few
0: weeks, he might be in the top fifteen. I think he's at least it. fifteen and
1: seventeen, somewhere around there. He's he's there. Uh, yeah, I would say top fifteen, bro.
0: Yeah, I think I'll he's say like top probably 15, right at like fifteen.
1: Between, I want to say maybe fourteen and seventeen, somewhere between there, fourteen, sixteen, somewhere around there. I would say.
0: Yeah.
1: OK. Yeah, because, okay. I mean, you know, beginning of the season, he had a little struggle, you know, but we got to you know, we got to rank him. We got to call it like it is. But as the season is going on, he's getting better and better and better. He's looking better than the QBs that's been playing in this league for a little bit, you know. Um, So that's why, you know, that's why, yeah, I, I would have to say he's definitely in that top in that top 15.
0: Is he playing better than Matt Ryan, who's on the other side of the ball when they take the field on Thursday? Yeah. Yes, yeah. he is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For Far sure. more consistent.
1: Yeah, just consistent and, you know, not to take away nothing, not to take away anything, but I just really like, and I'm going I'm to I'm tie it all in, but I really like what the Cowboys' defense was able to do versus the uh, Falcons and Matt Ryan. And I feel like Bill Belichick and, and the Patriots can do the exact same thing, if not e- even more, really disrupt. You know Matt Ryan, and I feel like that will really show. Up. And, and and the Falcons' defense is not that good, you know, at Bro,
0: all. That Falcons' defense, yes, they got the worst pass rush in the NFL. Yeah,
1: that that that's what I'm saying. And their and then their, their secondary is not all that either. You know, they got a couple couple players,
0: but they got like, one guy.
1: One yeah, the guy playing all. well. Yeah,
0: yeah, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I yeah.
0: had to. I had to. I had to. <laughs>
1: it's all good it's all good you know what i'm saying but yeah i mean i i really feel like this week though he won't be playing that. (laughs) i'll say that this week i don't think he'll be playing that well man i think i really like mac jones and josh mcdaniels and what they're gonna really scheme against that that uh falcons defense man especially that secondary you know and and you know and and shout out josh mcdaniels man i've kind of been up and down with him. You know, I liked some of the things he did with Cam Newton early on in the season last year. He kind of impressed me. Cause you, you just didn't know what they were able to do without a Tom Brady. And I felt like they did what they could, uh, you know, with a, with an older QB that kind of had a little bit, some left. And now he's, he's, he's doing pretty well. He's, he's created, you know, a scheme that works for Matt Jones and Matt Jones is only getting better, you know? And, um, you know, he he caught a lot of, you know, he caught a lot of hell for, for him where he became a head coach over there in Denver and he's went through a lot, you know, and he's really turned the corner and he looks like he's preparing himself to be another head coach because he's been doing some really good things with these QBs, you know, um, a Cam Newton, a different type of QB, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and then a rookie QB and uh, Mac Jones, so. Shout out to him. But, yeah, I I really like I, – I got really – I got a lot of confidence into what they're going to put together against this Falcons defense, you know. And Bill Belichick, he is – I mean, he has a really good record against rookie head coaches. Arthur Smith has had it – he hasn't been terrible. He's actually, you know, did some good things with this Falcons team. It's it's not like they're terrible. They're just – I think going against a team that's, you know, around this time of year, a head coach around this time of year, it's. It's not a good matchup. It's not his fault. It's just how the schedule played out. It's just what it is. You know, I don't think his team really stands a a chance in this game. I think he's going to get out coached in this game. And, um, you know, and, again, going back to Matt Ryan, uh, I, I don't know. Did he get hurt in that last game against the Cowboys?
0: I, so I remember a there lot was, of
1: it. i seen some of it, but I didn't see a lot of it. I know Josh
0: Rosen. I do, yeah. Josh Rosen did manage to get into the game and I think he, Josh Rosen, what he attempted six passes mm-hmm. and still somehow in, uh, Josh, in Josh Allen fashion, uh, got him. <laughs> managed to throw a pick yeah, <laughs> or Josh Rosen fashion managed to throw a pick. But yeah, um, I think Matt Ryan's good. I think it was just, it 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 was a 40 point game so yeah they
1: was letting okay cuz i was unsure i was unsure on what was you know what was really going on you know uh. yeah
0: i didn't see anything in the news about Matt ryan being injured um i do remember in that game uh because the the one defensive back we were we were mentioning aj terrell he went to the medical tent for a bit and then he ended up coming back so he he should be good to go far as this game's concerned but yeah yeah you know I think uh the one guy though that I think that that's up in the air to play this Thursday is Cordero Patterson he had what did Cordero do Cordero had uh yeah he had a um was like an ankle injury I think it was yeah he had a sprained ankle in the first quarter he went out at like the five and a half minute mark and he didn't return at all And just with how Cordero's been this year, I mean, that's a big blow if he's gone. But I think other than that, most of the guys that we're expecting to be on the field for ATL are supposed to be.
1: Okay. So, yeah, I I just, you know, regardless who's going to be on the field or who's not going to be on the field, it's not going to be enough. (laughs) I'll tell you that. It's it's not going to be enough. I got the Patriots winning this one. I'm going to say 27 to 17 Patriots. 27-17
0: 27-17 Patriots. That would have them covering the six and a half point spread. Very much so. And yeah, 27-17 Patriots. Yeah. So Atlanta, this this is this is kind of a this we've seen much worse. I feel like we've seen much worse matchups on Thursday night than this one. Because the Patriots are really trending up as far as an AFC team goes. And the Atlanta team has shown that they are capable but they may not be necessarily a good team. Their best win on the season, easily being against New Orleans. Easily, 100%. And that man, Kyle Pitts, Hmm. that dude is a, he's from Skynet. He's like one of them like robots. (laughs) Jun, 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 jun. You know, like, (laughs) that's where Kyle Pitts, he was like like someone put together like a football Skynet. You know what I mean? Like, come with me if you want to pass. (laughs) I'm Kyle Pitts. You know what I mean? Yeah, guy,
1: <laughs> that was a good
0: one, <laughs> bro. He is. He he looks so big on the field. He looks so big. Like the other day, like we were watching. Shout out Greg Robinson. My dad's like, "Damn, how is that guy a receiver?" I'm like, "He's a tight end." And then my dad goes, "But he was lined up out there on the numbers, and he ran this route downfield and did the, did the, did the. And I was like, "Yeah, Dad, but he's he's a quote unquote tight end." It, like, that's just like, he, 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 you're He you not wrong to say the dude is a receiver because he does exactly what receivers do, you know. But then, it's just, he's just that different, you know. And so, yeah, he's going to be someone to watch going forward. And he's really been a huge part of that offense, especially since Calvin Ridley's been going through what he's been going through this year with his mental health issues. And then now you have Cordero Patterson, the other difference maker on that offense who's currently out for this game, as I had earlier said with the sprain. So this Atlanta defense, though, I alluded to it earlier. You said it as well. They, they're just, they're not an inspiring unit. And they literally have the lowest pressure rate in the entire NFL. They are getting pressure on only 16% of their of uh, dropbacks. And they're the bottom team in the league in terms of sacks. They only have 11 on the season. It's just, it's not looking good for them. It's just really not. Bill Belichick throughout the course of the season has been his usual self. What he did against the Browns, bro, like old school 3-4, he's going to give me a 0-5. He went 5-0-5 five, five in terms of a 3-4 three, uh, three, alignment. And for everybody listening, what that means, five technique means your on the ball. Defensive lineman is outside of the tackle on both sides. Then your middle nose tackle is directly nose-to-nose with the center. And what that does is that creates it that, that creates a very disadvantageous angle for the guards, Joel Batonio and Wyatt Teller, to be able to make their double-team blocks and to be able to pull to where there's going to be a person for them to take out. And then basically the Patriots just use those linebackers as battering rams to go ahead and take on those linemen because Bill Belichick wanted to get one-on-ones in the run game. And it, it worked. It really worked. And then he knew once we got the Browns, like like you said earlier, talking about Baker, once we got the Browns out of that, you know, the 13 personnel, the 12 personnel, the, the heavier sets, and you make them go spread, that's where they don't want to live. And Bill Belichick knew, I'm going to get them out of that, and then pff, it's going to be smooth sailing. Smooth sailing. So, yeah. Patriots right now are top 10 in terms of red zone TDs offensively, Mac Jones moving the ball very, very efficiently. And especially when Mac Jones is kept clean and he doesn't have to worry about pressure because he's not the most mobile guy, that's when he's especially going to dial people up. And so, those two things we had already touched on how bad the pass rush is last in sacks. So, Mac Jones won't be under pressure. And then when they get in the red zone, they're top 10 in terms of scoring TDs. Well, guess what? Atlanta's defense has allowed the second most red zone TDs. Needed. And that's with, get this, bro. That's with having their bye. week. So they've only played nine games and they've allowed the second most. There's teams that have played a whole nother game. That's still, <laughs> like, I mean, come on. Like, I don't even need to go any further. Like I'm not trying to have this be a shit on Atlanta segment. Josh Nomi, sorry. Travis Kadots, I'm sorry. Stony, I'm sorry. Uh, Tyler Hall, uh, I'm trying to think of all the Falcon fans I know. Chad Spar, I'm sorry. But yeah, this is this is where we're at. This is where we're at. I got New England winning, definitely covering. I, I like to score 30 to 17. 30 to 17 in this one. Mac Jones, Bill Belichick, they're going to continue to click and uh but hey, with how we've known this NFL to go, we were sitting here just a week ago doing the same thing. I literally asked you because I thought exactly what you did. I literally asked you, does Miami have any chance to win? <laughs> and I said,
1: and I was like, hell no. Nah. I, I nah. didn't say hell
0: no, nah, but I mean, I right said
1: I'm around those lines like no.
0: <laughs> I remember because two weeks ago, me, you, and Brandy were sitting here and I was like, all right, I'm going to sell y'all on Jets, Colts. And then the Jets just like the Colts went out there and just pummeled them. It wasn't, and so it's like, what, like, oh, they're trying to make it seem like it's in inter- No, nah. anyway. <laughs> yeah,
1: that part right there, though.
0: You just don't know. You don't just know. don't know. Mm-hmm. Any given Thursday. Yeah. Well, now we'll move on to what I honestly think after like digging into each of these matchups and where a lot of the NFL is. To me, this is the game of the week. To me. I mean, obviously, Raider fans, you know what I mean? We got our own, like, you know, everyone has their own team's, you know, namesake. But I think if we were just sitting here taking that, you know, 360 bird's eye topographical view of the NFL, the game of the week is the Dallas Cowboys traveling to Kansas City. Yes, sir. Seven and two Dallas Cowboys traveling to six and four Kansas City. There was a lot of talk after the Sunday night primetime game in which the Chiefs routed the Raiders on national TV. And a lot of the talk was, are the Chiefs back? People were talking about that. To me, this, this is the game that will tell us if the Chiefs are back or not.
1: We agree. 100%. 100%. I don't
0: know how
1: many is on the same page right here. I don't either. We agree.
0: I don't (laughs) either. 100%. What's your reasoning for why this game is so huge?
1: Well, the reason why is because the teams they've won against. First of all, you go against the Giants, you know, a team that has only won what two or three games. They've been a piss poor team, you know. They go against a Green Bay team that only had, you know, obviously, Jordan Love playing QB and not the be, not their best QB on the roster and, and top two, or three QBs in the league. And, right. and then you go against a Raider team that. It's been kind of up and down, kind of like a lot of the teams in this league, you know, whatever. But you know, we were riding high, and you know, we've had our own issues or whatever. Not to make no excuses, but a team that you just just unsure. You, you I mean, yeah, the Chiefs can get hot on them, but maybe the Raiders play. You just you just don't really know exactly what you got right now with the Raiders at this point in time. After that loss, this is a team that they're playing against where they played a lot more consistent than our Raiders have on both sides of the ball, defense and offense. You know, they had their their disappointing loss, obviously, versus Denver. Outside of that, they played pretty good football, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and th- this this is really going to prove – we're going to see how good this Chiefs defense really is. We're, we're, we're really going to see. And we talked about uh not to go too much in our Raiders and whatnot. You had a good – Post on SSAW, shout out the page if if you are not added to it or whatever, go ahead and add it it's on Facebook or on Twitter or everywhere. But this post right here is, is specifically on Facebook, so you would have to go on there to, to check it out. But my boy Jordan here had a good post on Gus Bradley you, and his scheme and what he did and how he didn't change up, and you gotta check it out. I mean, like I said, I don't want to go deep into it, but again, it's. I felt like it was more on what we did or how we are than what the Chiefs really are. In my, and yeah. that's just me. We'll see. Uh, and then another thing too, people was kind of raving about Eric being in me. I didn't. I don't, did he call the plays? I mean, I thought it was Andy Reid that was calling the way they sure were showing. Lee. Yeah, it was Andy Reid.
0: I, there's, there's also that brain trust between the two of them. There is a video, i I have to go find it. There is a video where they both talk about, like, because Cover Three used to be the thing to not to, i'm not gonna go too long on this
1: no, you're good, you're good.
0: cover three used to be the thing that like a lot of teams you know dan quinn who's going into this game dan quinn was a cover three guy for a long time gus bradley cover three guy for a long time robert sala cover three guy. you know they all kind of ran that that same stuff and then it, it took over the nfl for a minute but then teams started to beat it and there's a video where like andy Reid and kyle Shanahan, not the, in the same video but andy Reid was talking about how to beat cover three and then kyle shanahan was just like he rose to prominence being able to beat cover three, and you know it's used in the NFL, so yeah. But I don't know. I think I think it was Reed calling those plays on Sunday, as far as I can tell.
1: Yeah, the, the, the way it looked when you were watching the game, I I don't. I'm gonna be honest with you, and it's no. I actually like Eric Bieniemy. He should have been the head coach already, but no disrespect to him. I I don't even remember them showing a the camera on him. I the only the only person I seen when I looked them when they showed the chief sidelines. And when the offense was on the field, it was Andy Reid
0: and his playbook, mm-hmm. his his big ass sheet, yeah, his laminated so I, sheet.
1: It right, right. So I, I didn't really see anything, you know, Eric being to me anything. I didn't. It was all Andy Reid. It was on like I like I said. It, it felt like he knew what you know Gus was doing. But anyway, that that's if you want to listen to that, check out the previous episode. I, I want to see what this offense can do against a better defense. And I want to see what this defense can do versus a better offense. Because the Cowboys, as of now, now, we play them in two weeks, Raiders, that is. We'll see who's a better team that, that Thursday on Thanksgiving. But as of now, the Cowboys is a better team on both sides of the ball, you know. And, mm-hmm. and they've been more consistent. And I want to see what the Chiefs can really, really do against this team. Um, some of the things that we've seen with Patrick Mahomes, you know, I did bring it up. I I know Gus Bradley. His scheme was, you know, he didn't change up anything. But they 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 Patrick Mahomes took what was given to him. It wasn't no. They they did have some extended plays. I'm not saying they didn't. They didn't have any of that. They did, you know. But it wasn't so much to the point where that's all they looked for. They they got everything going from underneath, from downfield to yep. running the ball. Whatever it is. Yep. screens, they killed us on screens. Mm-hmm. They had about a good four or five, six screens that was, you know, that, that worked. It seemed like, you know, it just they wore us out. They wore us out. And, uh, you know, so I'm I'm curious to see how they're going to do against a similar scheme. And Dan Quinn, that is <laughs> real similar to Gus Bradley, we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm assuming that he'll switch it up. He'll do something different. We'll
0: Dan has it. done that this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he has. He has.
0: far more than Gus.
1: Yeah, he has. He has, for sure, you know. Um, I mean, I, I get it. Gus has, you know, he, he's been successful with it, you know. Obviously, I don't think no team has put up that many points against the Raiders.
0: Not, this season, no. um, not, not at at this season, no. Not at all. We had yeah. went through, no team had put up 30 on the Raiders.
1: What the Ravens put up?
0: The was Ravens it? put up 29, 28, 29. Okay. Okay. No one had put up, I remember there was a, there was someone out in like week nine, I think it was. After nine games, this was the first time since two thousand and one where the Raiders defense didn't allow thirty points in a single game. And then the Chiefs come out there and drop forty one on our kids, and took the foot off the gas in the fourth quarter. Right, right, right. And you know what
1: they showed? (laughs) It's funny going back to your post. You had a you had a good good photo of Gus, but they showed a a picture of him how he looked after like the game was. Yeah, I, mean, oh, I felt bad for him because he he's really, like you just said, I mean, I didn't know that statistic, but he's really got he's had this defense plan. Oh, all yeah, year. he's
0: he's yeah, for sure. I mean, like he was, I don't want exactly, yeah. Was, I want to make sure it's not doesn't come across that F gus all that. But yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. when no, shit no, needs no, to change, no, I don't know. Nah,
1: he just has to he has to understand. I mean, sometimes you're going against these coordinators, these head coaches, you know, you, you gotta especially during the game. During the game. Exactly. That's what a halftime is for. That's what, you know, it, you got to make some adjustments he never did. So, everybody that posted and anything that was said about him, for the most part from what I read, is rightfully, you know, is 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 well said and should have been that way, you know. Um, now, if you're out there saying something crazy like, oh, yeah, he's, his defense has been sorry all year, then you obviously haven't been paying attention.
0: Then you're not watching the game. Yeah, you're not watching the game, you know.
1: But uh, anyway, going back to the game, though, we'll see how this goes. Um I'm expect I'm I, I want to I just want it really I think it's going to be a high scoring game. Now part of me feel like this Chiefs offense is back to a certain extent cuz they got talent. You know, it's not I mean we we know Patrick Mahomes is, you know, what? Top 1 2. He hasn't played like a 1. He's played more like a 4.
0: Uh, yeah, I feel like what you're saying like yeah, if everyone were to five, pick, what quarterback do you quarter? want to have on your team right now? You get to pick one.
1: Yeah. It's him. Yeah, you know, not the way he's played. You know, that ain't necessarily the case. But exactly. as you know, how talented he is, I mean, yeah, he's the number one guy. You you will pick. You know, uh, and and they're getting better. And sometimes, you know, even if they weren't, even if they know, like, oh yeah, you know, we weren't that good, or we should have did this. And I feel like that team had a better defense than we wouldn't have been. Even if that is the case, they're still winning games and they're still building that confidence slowly into the next game. So now you're looking at the Giants, you're looking at the Green Bay Packers, now you're looking at the Raiders, now here they're going on with, with Dallas. I mean, even if they didn't look those that good or that impressive to certain people, you know, that's helping them out. They're getting to the point where now they're getting it together uh, mentally, you know, uh, because physically, talent-wise, they're there, you know. So we'll see what they do in this one. I'm, I, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think I still feel like that offensive line is still a little bit shaky. You know, you you I feel like getting pressure on Patrick. which, which offensive line? The uh uh Casey,
0: the Chiefs. Interesting.
1: I, I feel like they're like they played good versus us. They 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 played really, really well versus us. You know, and then the other teams, but even with great like you just I don't know. I, I don't want to take away credit from them because I just feel like some of the teams they played, you know, I, I just I don't feel like that offensive line has really been that good throughout this season. I feel like the last three games have been better. And I I guess you really can give them more credit on what they did versus us than they did versus Green Bay and the Giants. Mm -hmm. You know? But then you look at us, you're like, well, look how we played the week before. You know, so I I don't know. That's what I'm saying. This this game right here is really just – this is a big game. This is a huge game. The Sunday night game right
0: here. This should be the Sunday you night know. game. We gonna yeah. preview to the Sunday night game. Sunday night year. game.
1: <laughs> yeah, and 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 for you fans out there that know what the Sunday night game is, fans of those teams, it's no disrespect to your teams. Well, one of them, because y'all are right. You know what I mean?
0: You know, I mean, for the most part, though. Well, actually, it, disrespect to one of y'all. <laughs> I've never, it's never heard someone do, bro. I never. It's like the no offense. But actually, no, nah, offense. That's literally what no, you offense. just did. You
1: know, Yeah, you know, I, I like to be funny, man.
0: I like to be That was hilarious, man. though.
1: But, yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is, bro. Like, I mean, that Sunday night game is going to be good. It's the reason why we're
0: previewing it.
1: But this one here, this is why it's just I'm trying to figure out if it's more what how the Raiders are or what the Chiefs really did. I'm right, what, yep. I am really curious of that. So, yep. I, I just can't wait. I can't wait. And, and I'm I'm just more curious of this game than I am the Sunday night game, but I am curious with the Sunday night game as well because that's a good matchup as well. But this one, this one I'm kind of up in the air with.
0: Who you got winning in the score? <sighs> over is 56, Kansas City is favored by one and a half. Yeah, see.
1: Okay. I got the Cowboys.
0: 33 to 30. 33. I wouldn't bet on it. No, this is this is a game. No, this is a – yeah, I'd stay away from this one. I would – if you want to go ahead and bet this weekend, I like that, that Patriots six and a half. I really do. I really do. I think the Patriots easily – the Thursday night game, I think they went by a touchdown easily. Yeah, that's the one I would bet if you want to bet this weekend. But, yeah. So, yeah. 30, you said what again? 30, 30, 33 to 30.
1: 30 Yeah, 33
0: to 30, Cowboys. Okay, yeah, still the Chiefs cover, but barely. Barely, barely. I'm with you 100%, bro. I said it at the start of the segment. Yeah, this is the are the Chiefs back game. And for the same reasons you said, like we've seen it throughout the whole course of the year, two high shells. And I think I need to do a little bit more, just for a second, a little bit more divergence, divergence into what it means. It's not just, Put two safeties deep. That's, that's, it's, it's way deeper than that. It's two safeties deep. And then what you're able to do when you have what you call middle field open coverage for everybody listening. Okay. When you have one safety deep, that guy is considered a post safety. He is sitting deep in the middle of the field. Think Earl Thomas with the Chiefs. That is a middle field closed safety because he's in the dead middle of the field. So it's closed. When you have two safeties deep, they're going to split it, split the field, and therefore the middle of the field is open. But what that allows you to do is do different things in terms of help on both sides of the field. You have deep help on both sides of the field. You're going to play cover four, cover six, cover two, cover two man. It's just there's different things you can do with that. So it's not just as simple as having two deep safeties. It's just what type of coverages you can get to and what type of looks you can get to with two high safety looks. The NFL as a whole, for a long time, was single high safety, middle field closed looks. Right? We referenced it with Dan Quinn. We referenced it with Gus Bradley. We referenced it with Sala. All those things. Teams decided to go ahead and, all right, we're going to try to find a way to beat that. Because this is what defenses are doing. They started to beat that. Then last year, primarily last year, this two high safety looks is nothing new. But different types of match coverages, cover seven, different things you can do with what they call quarters coverages, those really came back into the NFL because offenses were designing ways to take deep shots because the passing game is what the NFL is. It is what college is. So now two high shells are more of what you see throughout the course of the NFL. And that's what the Chiefs have had struggles with. Dan Quinn comes from the single high safety tree, as we had talked about. But he's changed it this year, as we also said. He's changed it a lot more. The only person who really, honestly, has stayed in it to any degree of majority is Gus Bradley. And it's worked throughout the course of the year for Gus Bradley. It's worked throughout the course of the year for Gus Bradley. But at the same time, Gus Bradley has only really played against two dudes with these great arms and being Mahomes and being... Herbert that's really it other than that the the best quarterback he played against was Lamar Jackson and Gus does have a book on how to play against Lamar Jackson so you know different topic but anyway anyway Gus Bradley got that game ball last week when the Falcons got drubbed by the Cowboys and I thought that was really dope for Mike McCarthy to do because Gus was the guy that was fired. Not Gus, but Dan Quinn. Dan Dan Quinn, right. right, My bad, yeah, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn was the guy that was fired when when that team, the Falcons, last year, went 0-5. Right. right. And there was a humongous comeback, 21-0 comeback with the Falcons when Dan Quinn was the head coach. I thought that was really cool. But anyway, since hiring Dan Quinn, their defense last season was allowing 32 points per game, the Cowboys' defense last year, without Dan Quinn was allowing 32 points per game during the season when they were nine games in, which they are right now. Guess how much points they're averaging this year under Dan Quinn? 22. 10-point-per-game difference. That's big. First, Huge. Year. First year. First year. Great point with that. First year. Come in, turn it around, and fix it. This Dallas defense is fourth in the NFL in takeaways. They got 17, largely in part due to the emergence of Trayvon Diggs. They are also the third best team in the league in terms of third down conversions allowed. They've only allowed opposing teams to convert 32% of third downs. Now, while Kansas City's turnovers are very well documented, very well known in 2021, Guess who still has the best third down conversion percentage on offense this year? Kansas City. Mm. So you got the top three third down defense this week going against the number one third down offense this week. (laughs) Bro, buckle up and get the popcorn.
1: That's what I'm saying, bro. This, This is the game. This is the
0: game right here, man. This is. Like, <laughs> buckle up and get the popcorn. Like, like think about, like, the whole sphere of the NFL has been talking about, oh, the Chiefs are back. Hot take city. You know, Stephen A. Smith and all those dudes. Right? But this is why both you and I are on this being the, the game where the Chiefs really need to prove they're back or not. This really being need to be the game where the Dallas Cowboys, all those Dallas Cowboy fans, Whedon boys sitting at 7-2, and two, great record. Y'all are looking like one of the best teams in the NFC. If you go ahead and you take out the Chiefs this weekend after doing what they have done and being the team that we know them to be, I mean, that says something. That says something. So, yeah, Dan's been doing a lot, just differences we had talked about, changing the picture. But more than just that, this Dallas Cowboys defense has been getting production from not only Trayvon Diggs, who I previously mentioned, Micah Parsons, bro. Man, bro. He was a player I wanted, too. I mean, yeah,
1: I had, a, I knew he wasn't gonna fall to us, but he was the number one player that I was hoping that fell that we would draft. He he's,
0: is, he's, he's something else. It's crazy because he can drop down to an edge rusher, yeah, just like, hey, Micah, now you're an edge rusher, okay, no problem, <laughs> no problem, and he's gonna ruin some left tackle's life or some, not you know, not a veteran. More Left tackle at that, by the way. Like, like there's so many guys. Like, we saw it against the Falcons. We, I, I just keep remembering when when, uh, and it was in the Charger game, when Brian Balaga was out. And because they didn't have – that was the game. I think they lost to Marcus Lawrence there, the Cowboys, that is. Brian Balaga was, was a tackle – is a tackle for the Chargers. and He went out that game, I'm pretty sure. And then Micah Parsons ended up dropping down to end because DeMarcus Marcus Lawrence wasn't out – went out. So it was this rookie against this guy named Storm Norton. And, oh, my God, it looked like abuse. It just <laughs> – he is, he is an athletic freak. And yeah. to see the way this dude is deployed in that defense, he plays off-ball linebacker. He plays edge rusher. He'll blitz from an off-ball linebacker depth. They'll sometimes have him as, like, an overhang, depending on the formation. And he's able to function as a rook. Dude is dude is a major difference maker. Randy Gregory's having a resurgent year for him. And then they're even getting performances out of Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis, their corner. I mean, this defense looks fired up. And they're doing a lot to really solidify themselves to make this Dallas Cowboys team a complete one. Really are. The one question, though, that I do have as far as like on the health front, Tyron uh is he's Missed the last last two games, I want to say. Yeah, he missed the last two games. He wasn't there for Denver, and he wasn't there for ATL. Tyron Smith being a Dallas Cowboys all-world left tackle, it's a huge difference when he's out there. And what the Cowboys did to fill in for him is, since he was out, they moved Terrence Steele to left tackle. Terrence Steele was playing well at right tackle because Lyle Collins who initially played right tackle, was out for a good portion of the year. So they kept Lyell at his traditional position at right tackle once he was healthy, and they slid Terrence over to the left side. And you could just tell in that Denver game, just Terrence was having a problem playing on the left side. So then you know if you're the Cowboys, if you do get Tyron Smith back to be able to deal with the likes of Chris Jones if they keep mixing up him rushing from the inside and the outside. Right, right then it's going to be a lot easier to be able to wear that storm wherever he is if you know you got your rock on that left side of deck. That.
1: That's a great point. That is a really, really great point. And here's why. Chris Jones need to be left inside. I know he sure we've, do. We've all talked about, I know Corday's really, you know, shout out Corday. He's big time, you know, SSAW, you know, uh, he's really been talking about that, that, Particular player, and he's been talking about how he needs playing inside. We've also spoke on it, and if he played on the outside on this particular matchup a little bit more, especially if that goes away that you're talking, he could have a lot, a lot of success. You know, so that that yeah, that's that's a good point right there. That's a really good point.
0: So yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on that. The other injury front thing to go ahead and look out for as we record on a Tuesday, Clyde edwards hilaire who's been out for a while former first-round pick for the Chiefs. Him being able to run between the tackles, his shorter stature, low center of gravity, that can pay dividends for a team when they need to look to run the ball, which especially if if Dan Quinn likes to back off the line of scrimmage like a lot of teams have when they play the Chiefs, that's where Clyde might be able to feast a little bit, especially if they look to continue to go to the screen game like they did last week. So that will also be something to monitor. As far as the score goes, Hmm. I got it. Thirty-one twenty-seven Cowboys. Okay. Yeah, thirty-one twenty-seven Cowboys. Yeah, it's going to be high scoring. I mean, a fifty-six over under. Yeah, I mean that's that's no joke. Thirty-one twenty-seven. That would have me clearing the over, but just by a bit. But like you, bro, I'm not I'm not betting on this. Mm-hmm. No, and I no. just think the Chiefs. I look at the Cowboys. I see them as just they they got a good offense and they got a good defense. The Chiefs, we know what their offense can be. It can be astronomical. But I don't necessarily see their defense being able to stop an offense of this caliber and this magnitude to the tune that they're going to be able to overcome it and have a victory. So, yeah. yeah, Give me the Cowboys in this one. Having them advance to 7-2, and two, which would drop the Chiefs to 6-5 and five as they go into their bye week in Week 12. Moving on to the last game, like we said, I wish this was the that Chiefs game was a Sunday night one because our Raiders play at the same time them them Cowboys do. So I'll have to have my I usually I have a laptop going, that's my setup yeah, for Sunday. I got, right. I got a laptop going one game or whatever, then I got my TV with the Sunday ticket, mm-hmm. and I just I bounce between it. I, the one thing I don't watch on Sunday is commercials. I can tell you that much. <laughs> One thing I don't watch on Sunday. Hell yeah. Skip through those. (laughs) Useless. (laughs) But we'll move into this one. Uh, A matchup that I still think is going to be cool. It's still going to be cool. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Still going to be cool. Five, three, and one Pittsburgh (laughs) Steelers. And one. Traveling to L.A. to play against the Chargers, who are sitting at five and four right now. The Chargers open this game up, sit here on the 16th at four and a half favorites the over under sitting at 47 and a half before we get into these previews I just have some injury notes that could tend to be a factor come Sunday again keep your eyes on that as we record this there's still a lot of time to go but right now the Steelers potentially out for this game Ben Roethlisberger because of COVID Chase Claypool he's probably the most likely to play out of all these names that I'll mention he returned to practice but he's day-to-day nonetheless Trey Turner, the guard, ankle injury. Kevin Dotson, the other guard, also an ankle injury. His, a high ankle sprain, very unlikely that we see him. Joe Hayden with what Mike Tomlin called a midfoot sprain, unlikely to play. Minka Fitzpatrick, COVID. TJ Watt with a hip injury. Not to mention that we do know they aren't for sure, 100%. They will not have Juju Smith-Schuster, Stephon Tuitt, and Tyson Aluwalu. That's a lot of injury. That's a lot of dudes not playing. So just take that into account. But nonetheless, this is still Mike Tomlin and this is still a Chargers team that's just kind of fallen out of the not fallen out of the race, because like we said, everyone's kind of in that mix. Let me just ask it to you like this, bro. Like, what's your assessment on where this Chargers team is in terms of the AFC playoff picture?
1: That's a good that's a really good point. They're not the hot team, really, like they were three weeks ago. I mean, you know they they just they've been struggling. They've been struggling a little bit. You know Justin Herbert he's he's been a solid. I mean he's been he's been good. He's been good, but he hasn't been great. You know, and uh, a couple of things that I've noticed and I've noticed it even when even when we played him back in week was it week four? I think it was yes. week four Monday night. You know he missed some down some 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 downfield throws, and I've seen him throughout even after that game. I've seen him miss some easy downfield throws where the defensive back, you know, the wide receivers are doing their job, but he's missing on some of those passes. And then I've seen, you know, obviously Joe Lombardi, the new offensive coordinator, he's taking a lot of more underneath throws or a lot of mid range throws. Still some deep throws here and there. I mean, he's completed some too. I'm not saying Justin Herbert can't throw the
0: ball deep at all. Oh, I got more on exactly what you're talking about. That's so funny. <laughs> we did not plan this ahead, but like, I literally got some I mean, shit to say on that.
1: Bro. I mean it is and when you when you and it's just for anybody. If you're watching, if you're really looking at the game, you'll you'll know what we're what we're talking about. And that's why I think this team has kind of fallen off a little bit. You know, and another thing too, we've already known that they haven't been that good, or they haven't been good at all. Stopping the run, that's been one of their weaknesses, you know. Uh that's I, I think really their biggest weakness. Really, is being able to really stop the run, the defense. They got the talent there. They can rush the passer. They got some good secondary players there for sure. But they, they, as far as, uh, you know,
0: really being able to
1: shut down the run has been
0: a key issue. And yeah, they not- li- they live in light boxes.
1: Yeah, they, and, and and they know that. They, they're they do. they're more like, oh, well, you know, it is what it is. We'll give them that, but we're going to come back around and do this. You know, and I think that's how they kind of – it's not more like let's fix it right away. It's more like, oh, we'll get better later on or whatever. We're, we're going to continue doing what we're doing on offense. And we'll be fine. And their offense haven't – I mean, their offense is good. It just hasn't been as great as I thought it could possibly be. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, 100%. not and and again i know this is joe lombardi's first year calling play I, I get it for the chargers and being with justin herbert so we, we got to take that in and just you know maybe next year will be better we'll see but i mean it that that it, it hasn't been as good as i thought it would be you know and that's why that's what makes this game so interesting because the steelers you know steelers is just one of those teams they just they hang around they just you know you <laughs> when you think that they're not going to be that good this year, or the QB is this and that. Somehow they find a way to just still be in the mix. And Mike they end Tomlin, up with, man, <laughs> I
0: Mike know Like F and Tomlin.
1: <laughs> he's he, he's something, man. He, he's he, one of the best uh, coaches
0: of our of our generation. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Like Belichick and then him,
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, he's 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 there.
0: So uh, you know,
1: I I'm curious at this game because they still have a good defense. They got a lot of injuries though. Just, you, you just spoke on it. They have a lot of injuries. So that's what makes this game. It makes it more balanced, not just obviously because of, you know, uh, missing players and things like that, but because of how the teams has been – how they've been performing, you know, from offense not being as, as good as it is and the defense on still is being good, but then going through injuries, you know. And uh, obviously, hopefully Big Ben plays. I thought he was going to
0: play this week. It's oh. He might, he might. As those, those names I listed off as we sit here on Tuesday, those are players potentially out for the game. Okay. So that's why I said keep, keep an eye on it. There's a lot of time from Tuesday until Sunday morning. Right, right, right. The Ben's is COVID-related. Yeah, he would what he would need is he would need to be symptom-free for 24 hours and then a negative COVID test and then 24 more hours and one more negative COVID test. Well, I'll tell you this. If he doesn't play, they lose.
1: This is not gonna be one of those lying games. <laughs> it, one of them where they're playing a team where you could not have Big Ben and somehow, you know, uh they come out with a win or a tie. That's not gonna happen. Justin Herbert and his offense is good enough to to beat the Steelers team without Big Ben. So if Big Ben is playing, I do like their, I like their chances a little bit more. I still got the Chargers winning this game, but I, I feel like, and I think anybody would feel this way. I know a lot of people have been down on Big Ben, rightfully so. He's just, you know, he's not the same QB he's been in the last three—I don't know what—three four years. Yeah, you know, he's only getting worse. A lot of people thought he would retire. You know, he's still here. So, but I, but still, you know, nonetheless, he's still the best QB they have on the roster by far. So he yeah. gives him the best chance. So uh, if he doesn't play it all, yeah, this offense they'll they'll have enough to really put up enough points. But yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how uh this defense attack this Chargers offense that hasn't been that impressive. The run game has been sorry on both teams actually. Uh I think,
0: I think the Chargers mean, has been okay. I think it's been okay. You don't think it's been okay? Is been –
1: I think it's been a little bit less than okay. I think it's All been right. okay,
0: it's All been, right. It's
1: been – well, because, I mean, the beginning of the season, it, it wasn't that it wasn't that good in the beginning of the season. And then they got a little bit like, – got yeah, okay, a couple games. You said, okay, it wasn't – you know, like versus us, we were considered still a running team when we played them. I know it was only the fourth week, but we couldn't get nothing going. That goes credit to them, you know. But I feel like, again, that was more of just a bad – Game plan with, with John Gruden. That's another, you know, another topic. Or go li- go back and listen to that pod when we talked about that game. But then you look at the last two weeks with the Chargers. And they've allowed 286 rushing yards over the last two weeks. Versus the Eagles versus the Vikings. Delvin Cook had a pretty he had a solid game. I know with the Eagles, I know Jalen Hurtsy, I think he had about 40 or 60, somewhere around those rushing yards, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just the same. They're just not – they're not consistent with stopping the run. And the Steelers, you you know where they're about. To, you you know they're about. Yeah,
0: oh, now she's going to get the <laughs> ball. <laughs> yeah, he's running, it, bro.
1: I mean, you know, it's not like he he's not getting 100 yards every game or anything like that. Now, his last game he got 100 yards, but, you know, regardless if you get 90 60 70 80 whatever it is they're giving them the rock so be prepared for it and they're not you know if you feel like well you know you can go ahead and give them the rock we'll go ahead and do something else that's what they're going to take they're going to take that running game all the time so uh that's what that's why they drafted him in the first round for so they will see that uh, again that's what makes this game so interesting so but then on the on going back to the Steelers on the flip side, they haven't been that good either with with stopping the run. So you've seen what DeAndre Swift, your boy, was able to do against them.
0: Yes, sir, <laughs> yes, sir.
1: In that last game.
0: Yes, sir. You
1: know, thirty, they gave thirty three touches,
0: bro, thirty three touches, 130, 130 yards. Who was that backup running back that had that care? That he was the backup. The, it wasn't even um. Uh... It wasn't even Williams. It wasn't even Jamal Williams, the other running back. Who was that guy? Iguana, Benamana, ben- 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 oh, Jesus, I can't. What was his name?
1: I got. He you. was. I got you. I got you. Okay. Oh yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Godwin.
0: Godwin. Not a Godwin. Week away. Iguique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Iguique. So he had number thirty-five. <clears throat> just just Google that run. He had he had one of the craziest. R- yeah, the
1: 42, 42 long. The 42, yeah, it was that
0: 42 uh, yarder. He had 56 on the day. He only had two carries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But just just Google that run, bro. Like and everybody listening, if you did not see that run. That run, I swear I heard chariots of fire in the background. I swear I heard that. <laughs> cause he was just it, it was amazing. He broke like five tackles. Right, right. Like it looked almost like cinematic. Like, yeah. But anyway, you right hundred percent like they They got ran on. Yeah.
1: And 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 again, going back to it being balanced, you know, I mean, cause Eckler Eckler's playing, right? Did he he's playing? He didn't get, yeah, okay.
0: So that's why that's what that's mainly why I was talking about. Do you think that that run game is bad Because just I'm a I'm a Austin Eckler dude.
1: I know. I yeah, I remember. I remember when we I think we did a um we did something. I
0: don't we remember. did a running back pod almost like yeah top one. yeah them. yeah yeah that was prior yeah. to 2020 when we did our top tens of like every position
1: right. And I remember Austin Eckler. I remember you really really raved about him. So I was
0: pounding a table to get him in the top ten, but we couldn't do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah I remember. I remember,
0: and he's a baller,
1: bro. He he he's he is a baller.
0: So oh, and I know you lift weights. I know you work out, stay healthy like me, bro. Google Austin Eckler workouts, Then you will have. I
1: think you talk. Was, uh, was this the the push up? Was this the the push up challenge? You told nope. me about something. Nope, that was
0: the Sean McVay push up challenge. Oh okay okay. One one more feather in the cap of Sean McVay. He's a coach that got a push up challenge, but uh, okay. <laughs> hundred push ups in four minutes. Actually, hundred push ups. I, I changed it. 100 pushups in three minutes, because you know we hogs out here, right? But, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no. Google Austin. I can do the Sean McVay 100 pushup in four I, minutes. Yeah, I oh, I can do that. that. Yeah, but uh, Austin Eckler's workout I cannot do. No, I, I gotta do. check it out. Nope. All right, I'm gonna check it out. Check yeah, it out. just YouTube that.
1: Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so they can't stop the run either. So this is this is gonna be a almost like a chess chess match. Mm-hmm. This, um, for both teams, I mean, we're going to see who could, you know, who has the better, you know, uh, offensive play calls versus these defenses. You know, I, I, I do think the Steelers. No, I don't know. I was going to say the Steelers' defense. I think as a whole, if they were fully healthy, the Steelers' defense is better. But the Chargers got kind of So I don't know. This is going to be a game, though. This it's, is why we're creating yeah, you know, this game.
0: You could kind of see it going either way. Yeah. I think yeah, it'll be competitive. Been... I think it'll be close. I don't see it being a blowout.
1: No, not a blowout. Not a blowout. Uh,
0: maybe. What you? What score you got? And who you got winning? I'm gonna go with
1: the. I'm gonna go with the Chargers, and I'm gonna say I feel like this is gonna be a low scoring game. It just feel like a low scoring game. I'm gonna go twenty four to twenty three.
0: Twenty four twenty three. You sound so confident. Boy.
1: <laughs> I got the Chargers. winning. I just. It just. You know. Because it's still. When you be. When you think the Steelers is gonna get blown, they don't. Or do you? When you think. You know they should lose this game. It doesn't. It just doesn't go that way. It doesn't go that way. I, I don't got them blown out. I don't got the Chargers blowing them out. No stretch of imagination anyway. But it's. It's. I got the Chargers winning this game. I just. You know, and I, and I could bet on it if somebody wanted to. Actually, I couldn't bet on it because I mean, it's the Chargers. I, I couldn't bet on it. But if no, I wasn't I a Raider fan, on this one. yeah, if I wasn't a Raider fan, you know what I mean, I, I would bet with the Chargers. I feel confident.
0: The you know, yeah, I, I think it. honestly, honestly, I feel more confident. Like I said, the three games we previewed, I feel more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More out of three, for me, out of three games we previewed, I'm betting one on way. the on the uh, Patriots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me take that back. Yeah, Patriots. Patriots six and a half over ATL. But
1: then I would go Chargers.
0: Chargers number two for sure. I am not putting any money on that KC game. Yeah, on
1: that KC Cowboy game. Yeah, yeah.
0: We could make it like remember when we did that bet on uh, Jets Carolina Week One. <laughs> I would do that bet with somebody. Cover yeah, the beard, cover the tip, but I can't put no wings on. You it. <laughs> <laughs> make it like a six dollar bet. You know right. what I mean? Like I could do that on a Chiefs. Cowboys just for fun, you know. Yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, yeah. Either way, yeah, yeah.
1: So I'm, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go. You know what? No, let me change it. Let me just let me go. Uh, let me go twenty. See, you on short? We're sure sure... Big Ben. I'm gonna go 30. 30 Chargers, and twenty four.
0: Okay, okay, all right. I, I don't all even right. want to
1: put the at that many points because they just, like I said, again, their offense has been, but because of the injuries with the Steelers, and because of the unsureness.
0: Right, I mean, game. you get no Joe Hayden. You get no Minka Fitzpatrick. You get yeah, no TJ Watt. You know. I mean, that's like, I mean, and you already down Stephon it. You're basically looking at, like, Cameron Hayward, Devin Bush, Spillane. Edmonds. I mean, I'm, I mean, I mean, Pierre, James Pierre, you know, I mean, yeah, now, now we're getting to people that only you and me know the names of.
1: Right, right, (laughs) (laughs) right, right, right. right.
0: Like, I mean, so, but yeah, I hear hear what you're saying. I got a question for you. This one, I'll, I'll be honest. Right. This is a premeditated question because I had to look this up when I was doing the research to prep for this one. And it goes exactly into what you were talking about when we started the preview of this game, right? It's like these short throws that like you're doing with the guy who has what I would say is a top three arm in the NFL and Justin Herbert top three, four arm in the NFL. Uh, yeah, 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 I mean, Mahomes th- th- that's not the question but I mean you know two it. Right, right right right. Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Justin All uh, Over Russ? Arms just arm talent. I don't think Russ has the Russ can't fire like here's where Russ is different. Here's where Russ is different to me. If there's a dude 20 yards downfield and I got to get that ball there quickly and in a hurry. Yeah, he's going to float it. He he's yeah, yeah, float I,
1: get, it. I get I hear you. I hear you.
0: Right, Actually, like, I really like with it. Yep. exactly. I didn't have to say it. You said he's gonna float it, exactly. I, I, so that's what I'm saying. So like if there's a, if there's something 20 yards downfield and I gotta get this ball there before the dude closes, the three dudes that I know can do that are Herbert, Mahomes, and Allen, and Rogers. Rogers you know what I mean? Like, you know, those four. But anyway, basically, where with with an arm like that, where do you think? among the rest of the quarterbacks in the entire NFL that Justin Herbert ranks in terms of average depth of target. And for everybody else listening, what I mean by that is how far the ball travels in the air on average per pass attempt, right? That basically shows you how far downfield a quarterback is throwing the ball on average throughout the course of the season. Where do you think Justin Herbert ranks? Is he top 10? Top 20? Where where do you think he's at?
1: Well, he's definitely top
0: 20. Uh, just this year? Just this year. Average depth of the target.
1: I don't think he's top 10, but somehow he's probably top <laughs> Somehow he's probably top 10. I don't think he's top 10 though.
0: <laughs> Bro? Bro? What is he? He is 29th. Oh. See, that's what I'm talking about. It blew maybe. my mind. See, i it's, didn't think which so.
1: is why, like, I'm saying, I was looking at 20, I was looking at between maybe 18, 20.
0: That's you would assume, thinking. but you would assume based on his skill set, yeah, that it would be higher, yeah. but it's not. And a lot of that to me is because of what Joe Lombardi is calling play saying. call wise. It's so funny, bro. That's why I said when you started to go in on that for your first thing, you said I was like, th- "like my highlighter." That's the first thing it was. I went back and I watched because I watched that that Vikings game. Right. I watched a lot of that because Justin Herbert or Justin uh, Jefferson was doing great. And then I wanted to see Jeremy. There was so much I wanted to see in that game. Right, right, and right. And then right. I'm like, like, why are we? R-? And I came away with this like, I'm theory- I'm like, Joe, like, why, why have we got slant flat. Like, left and right. Like, slant flat. Like, that's what you got. That's what we got drawn up. Like, his average depth of target the last two weeks, bro, has been like five and a half yards. You have one of the best arms in the entire league, and you got this guy throwing short passes.
1: Yeah. See, that that that's the crazy thing. I didn't even think it was that bad. I thought, personally, I th- that, that's why I said, okay, so they're probably going to have him somewhere in the Top 10. I don't see that. I'm looking at it more 18
0: to 20. But 29th? 29th. Let me list off, let me do it like this for everybody listening and for you too, because I was shocked as well until I looked it up. Let me list off a series of names here of people who have higher average depths of target throughout the course of this season. Oh,
1: it's going to be crazy. He's 29th. It's
0: Baker be... Mayfield. <laughs> Compare his arm to Justin Herbert's. Teddy Bridgewater, Mac Jones, Taylor Heineke, Sam Darnold, Jimmy G, Tua Tonga-Vailova, and the one that absolutely made me just, like, leave the room, Davis fucking Mills. Wow. (laughs) Wow. You got one of the most cannon of cannons in the league, and you running the Drew Brees offense, bro. But you know what,
1: though? Yeah, (laughs) That's, see, for y'all don't know, he was over there, you know, with New Orleans. We all know Sean Payton was the one calling the plays, but he's from that system. And Drew Brees obviously hasn't had that arm as far as throwing deep over the last few years. So it seems like he brought that offense right over here to the Chargers and everybody thought that was going to work. And right now it's worked to a certain extent, but not to the level like Jordan is saying to his his arm mm-hmm. talent level. Now I will say this though. Again, there's I've seen games where Justin Herbert isn't he's not as accurate at times. See, that that's the thing. I do blame it more on Joe Lombardi. I do blame right. it more on him, but the times that Justin Herbert throws the ball, it's not not all the time, but there's sometimes it's like, bro, the DB was beat, the wide receiver had him beat. I think yes, you're somehow right. he just clearly missed him. It wasn't oh, well, maybe if the wide receiver would have did this, or maybe it was miscommun- miscommunication. No, he missed him. He You're clearly right.
0: missed him. You're right. That, I see that, too. Well, on the same token, I do see portions of a lot, like, throughout the course of the whole year, where this dude has some, like, god-tier ball placement. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. bro, how did you even put that ball there? Like, what are you doing? Like, wh- who would even think to put that ball there? And he did, you know what I mean? So it kind of, it kind of goes both ways, but like we both are in agreement. Like Joe got to tailor the offense to the personnel that he has. That's my, that's, that's my biggest thing. It's right. Like, you know, he, Justin, amen. Perfect. However it is, these, this charger team, they've lost three of the last four after starting four and one. Right. And one of those wins was against a Philly team that, I mean, good win against Denver last week for sure, but you only beat that team by three. Otherwise, you would have been 0-4 over your last four after starting 4-1. and And a lot of that to me goes into what Lombardi has just been doing with this squad, and it wasn't until I watched on All-22 on all not this last one because all 22 is still laying up for the Minnesota game, but I just recognize that you can see when you can see the depth of the targets, like, and it doesn't come out of the broadcast view. You could just see where most of them are going like, Oh, there's that. There's Austin Eckler running a little hitch route, you know, on the hash mark four yards in front of the quarterback. And that's what you throw. And beyond Austin Eckler, the only thing that was available was an eight yard route. like, you are not even putting things within the passing concept that allow this man to take advantage of a deep ball or, or to use really what he has since he's been in the NFL. Right, right. You know what I mean? And so when I see that over and over and over and over again, I was like, wait a minute. So then I went back and I watched the all 22 on Sunday night, like, like late. I went back and I watched the all 22 of the Philly game. Cause I didn't watch any of that game live. So I want to go back and watch that game. And I watched that in the all 22. And I'm and granted, he, this is also like a, like a praise to Herbert because that's not his game. When Herbert was coming out of, the, coming out of college, like he had his issues accuracy-wise. He had his issues consistency-wise. He had his issues decision-making-wise. But now you're seeing him in the NFL with an offensive coordinator that lately especially has not played to his strengths. And yet he still made the offense somewhat viable but nonetheless, the offense isn't as good as it could be. Yeah, yeah. Tailor the offense to your quarterback's strengths. If you have this guy who can play the short game and make it work, and, I mean, that's cool, that's, 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 that's efficient, that's effective, you don't turn it over or whatever, but you aren't doing your offense a service if you have this type of quarterback and you aren't tailoring it to him. That's just my thing.
1: Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear where you're coming from. And see, you know what? I'm I'm glad you brought that up because if you guys remember the listeners, you can go back and listen to, you know, our top QB prospects. And when we talked about Justin Herbert, my main issue, I don't know if you remember, but my main issue was him throwing the ball deep. <laughs> that was mm-hmm. that was one of the issues he had his last season coming out. He did it the year before he was solid.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the last year, he the last year in college, he wasn't that good.
0: It was and just was, it was like just misplaced accuracy, random shit.
1: Exactly,
0: because I mean, I watched every throw of Justin Herbert. Oh Her- Hall, yeah, right,
1: right, but right. Like,
0: and no, but I'm with you. Like his final year, the year if you're gonna go look and back just, on that you know, previous year's tape, his first season under crystal Ball, right? You're right, a hundred percent. It just looked kind of hit or miss,
1: right? And here we are, first first season again with a new you know play caller, you know, and. and there's a lot of points that we can go into it. I mean, like you Joe Lombardi coming, a new offensive coordinator, really calling the plays on his own, bringing in damn near the same offense that he brought, you know, from New Orleans, the later years of Drew Brees, the short yardage plays. I mean, there's a lot of things we can really blame on him. That, that's why I'm not – that's why I'm kind of – at least I'm trying to keep it balanced between – Some of it being on or most of it being on Joe Lombardi and some of it being on Justin Herbert, you know, um, at least me keeping it open to more of it or some of it being on Justin Herbert, because that's how I felt his last year of college. But then when he came into the league, you have seen what he did last year. (laughs) He was spreading the ball everywhere, downfield, mid throws, underneath throws. I mean, he could make all the passes, you know, here you are with a new offensive coordinator and it changes. And it's more like of what Drew Brees was doing his later years, his last career. Yeah. So I, I, I see your point. I see your point. And it's no debate. You know, I mean, it's either or. I just know it's hindering that offense. It's really slowed down that offense. Because I really feel like I've seen enough from Justin Herbert, and this will be me leaning towards him throwing the ball deep, him being more of that passer than him of not being that passer. I've seen him make those type of throws more often than not in the
0: NFL. Oh, and he still does, like at least and once he, a game. Yeah, he does. Yeah,
1: I, yeah, yeah. And I don't at want to. Once a
0: game, like, they do that one where they like, they roll, they change the, they like, they change his launch point, they, they roll him out and they like move the pocket. Yeah, over. yeah, yeah. He had, he almost has one throw a game where he rolls out right all the way to the right side numbers and he bombs it deep to the left side numbers. It's like yeah. they almost do no, that he, once a game.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he, he completes. And I just want the listeners know it's not like you know he uh, it's not like I'm saying oh he doesn't complete no passes downfield no he definitely completes them I just see some some uncharacteristic misses that I that I didn't see last year you know that that's all and it makes me think like okay his last you know because that was one of the that was the reason why I I was critical of him coming out that that was like I said if anybody go back and listen to the top ten prospects. Herbert, that was I wasn't sold on him for a couple of reasons, and one of my main reasons was him being real consistent and mainly throwing the ball downfield. And that that you know, and again, there's a lot of things that take into place into this particular situation with a new offensive coordinator, new head coach, everything it's a, it's a new head coach, new offensive coordinator, different scheme, everything. And it's worked. it's worked good enough for them to still be in the mix with everything. We got them winning this game right here. Clearly, you know, like I said, if I wasn't a Raider fan, now I'd be okay with, with betting on this team. You know, uh, I feel comfortable with, with them winning. You know, uh, close game, but still got them winning this game. But I, I talent-wise, arm-wise and everything, yeah, Justin Herbert is right there. He's right there for sure.
0: The one last port part that I want to get into. Before we get out of here, this would be into relation to this game. This Charger defense going up against that was a huge, a huge uh, deviation into just Justin Herbert specifically. But I guess it's not that much because he's playing in this game. And he will clearly be the best quarterback regardless of who starts for Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh but Joey Bosa uh has had a pretty good season this year. Pretty good. Maybe not up to what his usual part is. But he's had a, he's had a good year, nonetheless. And he's gonna continue to have a good year and well at least a good Sunday. And he's gonna eat. He's gonna be going against Chakuma Okorafor. Because Joey Bosa particularly lines up on the defensive left. He's gonna be going against Okorafor. And yeah, he's gonna eat. I expect him to do so. Derwin James, my guy, has been he, he's been healthy throughout the course of this year right now. Nine weeks in, he's almost logged 600 snaps already. And he's doing what he's always done in terms of playing all over the field, making impacts. I can't believe he didn't come down with an interception against Minnesota in the end zone last week. But I mean, if you just go look at that play, you see this man's hips when he jumped to make the pass breakup. I swear his hips were like, as tall as me, like five feet, 10 inches in the air. Like just unbelievable to do that when you got NFL pads on and you moving and you rotating and you covering someone and you six foot two and 220 pounds. Or, I mean, this just, it, it was crazy to see the elevation he got on that breakup. Crazy, but he he's doing it this year. He's logged 212 snaps in the box. He's logged 166 snaps playing nickel corner and he's logged 185 snaps playing free safety. I mean, just the Swiss Army knife, and I absolutely love that Brandon Staley this year gave him the green dot. And for those listening who don't know, when the linebacker or a defensive player, or whoever it is, has that green dot, that means he is the guy who has the defensive coordinator or whoever the defensive play caller is, that guy has the headset directly into him. So everything channels through him. And you want the defense to basically, from one way, shape, or another, at least from the apex, or at least the nucleus of what that defense is, he's the first person to deliver it to everyone else. And I love it. The first thing that Staley said in one of his conferences was, like, oh, no, no, Derman got got the green dot. Yeah. And I just love seeing it. I love, love seeing it. The last player that I got a shout out on that defense, um, Drew Tranquil. Drew Tranquil. Yeah. He's been playing well, like to have a guy who's, you know,
1: kind he of just, us, bro. he killed us. I mean, that was a long. Yeah, time. he did. He had a good game against us. <laughs> that
0: blitz. Yeah. <laughs> he was, he was killing us. But yeah. He's a guy that's just been kind of like a fringe player for them for a couple of years, for a few years. Right. And this year just based on who they've let go and who's kind of walked and went somewhere else, we have one of their guys. we I mean, Denzel Perriman was there for a little bit. He's gone. Then they've just let certain other players go. And now Drew Tranquil has had this larger role and he's really excelled in it. And apart from just like he just his ability as a pass coverage player, he's not like a liability in the run. He's all right. He's, he, you know, not like a, a stud. He's no Devin White in the run game. But like he he just is, he's reliable. He's solid. He's cool there but his, his ability to rush past, like you were saying, and then when you want him to drop back into coverage, that's really where he's really showing me something. Right now, ranked ninth in coverage grade, according to PFF, among all NFL linebackers. Just having have it a really solid year. Love to see it for a guy that's just kind of been, you know, not really necessarily utilized. And then finally, when he gets in there with a defensive coordinator that's worth the salt, like Brandon Staley is, you see him flourish. Love to see it. Love to see it. I'm with you ultimately in terms of this game. Like the Steelers really with all those injuries that are there, I don't really see them being able to to have much success with Mason Rudolph even if Ben was healthy. You know, he's he's going to be able to maybe make some better decisions down the stretch or whatever it might be. But I just think this Chargers team even with the limitations put in place with what Joe Lombardi's been doing and it's I don't, limitations may be the wrong word, but I get no it's the right word. The right word, because there's limitations. It's not trash, because you know you get a short gain, you move the chains, you stay ahead of it.
1: You still move, right?
0: Yeah, you you know it's not bad offense. It's just not as good as the offense could be. But with that, I still think the Chargers are able to win this game and neutralize what Pittsburgh does offensively. Give me the Chargers. I like thirty to twenty. That's what I like. Thirty to twenty. Thirty to twenty. Yeah. Well, that's been our week eleven preview show. It's crazy, bro. We already at
1: week eleven. That's crazy.
0: The season, and
1: I mean the whole year, went by. But I don't know. The season just football fans, at least me, it seemed to have flew by. Flew like by. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is next week.
0: Net. Oh my god. <laughs> next day, <Thursday, laughs> bro. <laughs> next Thursday night football game is on Thanksgiving. What? Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So, we got a guest coming on, too. So, LJ, you, you, you better show
0: up. <laughs> LJ Torres coming yeah. on the show. Oh, she is.
1: Yeah, she got a lot of, you know, a lot of Raider, Raider talk, man. This is going to be fun. So, you
0: know. who Who's LJ's team? Oh, she is. She a, well, I know she loves herself yeah, some Dak. Cowgirls, you know what I'm
1: saying? I know
0: she loves herself on. some Dak. I mean, I know she loves herself some Dak for non-football reasons, but I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fun, man. I can't wait. Yeah. All right, we appreciate y'all listening. Very much so. Be sure to check out our sponsor, megaseats.com, as you're getting back to your shows, as you're getting back to your games. Yeah, use the promo code that we will drop in the description. Be sure to check out imwisecoffeeco.com. Support black-owned businesses. Support the Cover Zero podcast. Support everything a part of SSAW. Appreciate y'all very much. Love y'all. Take care it been the Cover Zero Podcast. What's up, guys? It's Jordan, and there's two things that I have to drink every day. And no, one of them is not craft beer, but that's water and coffee. Every morning, I have to have a cup of coffee. This episode is brought to you by IMySCoffeeCompany.com. I tried the Caramel Trust, the Morning Equity, and the one thing that stands out most to me about both of them is the quality. Wake up in the morning, turn on a game, fire up some breakfast, and pour yourself a cup of I Am Wise Coffee. Go to IAmWiseCoffeeCo.com, enter in the promo code COVERZERO, save yourself 10%, and the quality will be there, guaranteed. That's our show. Be sure to email us with your questions, comments, and statements to coverzeropodcast at gmail.com. To find all of the links to follow us on social media and also to find more exclusive content, visit us at tssaw.com. See you next week.